Hello, and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we are going to talk about Francesco Forgione, a.k.a. St. Padre Pio. But first, a word from our sponsor. Tacos, tacos, tacos! Now that I have your attention, did you know that hashtag Taco Tuesdays doesn't just have to be on Tuesdays? You can make it hashtag taco every day with Don Taco Mobile Taco Stand. If you're looking for the best tacos in the valley, look no further. Let Don Taco cater your next event, whether it's a birthday party, baby shower, quinceañera, or a wedding. They will bring you the most delicious tacos with the freshest of ingredients. Do you like tacos de birria? They got them. Tacos de asada? Treat yourself. Tripas, cabeza? Guys, they got them. Book them today. Go to dontacocatering.com for more information. You can also follow them on Instagram at DonTacoMTS. And now, to the show. And we're back. Thank you for being here. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be thinking about you listening to our podcast while you fold clothes or take out dishes from <laughs> the, the way that came out. Yeah. I know. It's a pleasure listening to, to, to be about thinking you, about listening you. to us. I, I love thinking, thinking about you, about you. <laughs> listening to me. <laughs> well, it's a thing. It's like we we love seeing you because, but we don't see anybody. Like I don't. That's know. something I we know, got it, right. It came out weird. It came out. That's something weird. we did get right with this podcast because we all three have a face for radio. Mm. I don't know, man. You have Mexican Matt Walsh over here. Ah. Right now, I totally have that Mexican Matt, Matt Walsh thing going yeah, totally. on. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Mine uh, is the anger. Mateo Walsh. Mateo, Mateo Walsh. <laughs> Mateo Walsh. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, but you're too happy to be a yeah, you're Matt too happy. Walsh. Yeah, I'm not angry all the time. Did you? I'm a fan of Matt Walsh. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, mean, yes, he, of like, course. He's, he's, but he's, he's always people. pissed off. Yes. We need to start. Um, he has the sweet baby gang. We need to start oh, I know. calling our, our, like the bearded gang. I don't know. That sounds also bad. We'll we'll think we'll think it through. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Work in progress. Yeah, everything everything's on the table. <laughs> when you do a podcast and you don't have anybody to answer, you can do whatever you want. That's that true. is true. I mean, yeah. we have to answer to someone, but you know, the big boss upstairs. Yeah. Um. So, did you trim your beard, Ivan, because of Pia pulling on it? Uh, yes and no. I did it because it was too hot. Well, like, yeah. It, it's just... Yeah, summer seems to just drag And on. I've had it for a while, like the, the, the uh, big length. And mm -hmm, I, I mm -hmm. don't know. I wanted to try something different. But yes, every time I liked... So, Pia is very squishy. Yeah, we know. She is a very squishy child and I love to just squeeze her and grab her. And then like, I like to flip her. When I flip her... The first thing she grabs onto is my beard. <laughs> that makes sense. That's like her safety blanket. It's like even I, when she's I just, would too. Even when I'm just holding onto her, she'll just have her hand on my beard and just like hang there, not pulling on it or anything. But she's just oh she's yeah, just I do remember when she was starting to do that. So I just wanted to trim it because. And then they get like the death grip. Mm -hmm. They cannot like go by any. So um, that's why. Okay. I I told you when I saw you coming out of mass, you like look. 10, 15 years younger. You're like, oh my God, you're just a kid so under there. Everybody says, my grandma saw me and she was like, oh, me doesn't guapo. Like, thanks. I mean, always. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the grays are less noticeable when you have a shorter beard. Dude, I think the grays are more noticeable. Oh, really? Do you see With that? a shorter beard? Do you yes. see all the patches of white? 
Yeah. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. We'll post <laughs> See? a picture. I think it's like I feel like I have way more gray hair now. Huh. You, you know, I haven't I haven't uh gave I haven't given myself a busca in like three weeks and now I'm like, oh my goodness, I have I have so many so many grays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm getting old. Have kids, they said. Have kids, they said. It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> um I mean it is very fun, but it also is like very demanding. Um, speaking of awesome beards, today we are going to talk about um, one of our, our favorites, uh, Padre Pio of Pietrocina. But before we get into it, there is a new movie that is in the making with um, Mr. Transformers. Mr. Transformers himself. Shia LaBeouf. How do you pronounce his last name? I think it's LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. He is. Isn't that? Doesn't that suck that your name is LaBeouf and you're like all skinny and stuff? Just do it. <laughs> yeah. If if he, if, he, if, he, if Arnold Schwarzenegger would have it. been Arnold LaBeouf, I'm like, yes, that, that should should have been your name. But if it's something French, it's probably something like, like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyone who speaks French, tell us what buff is. Um, but um, I just saw recently like um, like a TikTok on Instagram because apparently that's a thing that you can share your TikToks on Instagram. I don't understand why people do it, but whatever. I don't understand TikTok. I don't get TikTok. That's what I'm old. like. Yeah, exactly. Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> but um, he spent uh, some time with the um, with the Capuchins. Uh, I don't know which ones. It was the Capuchin Monastery in North Ca- uh, California? Northern, Northern California. Northern California. Yeah. Um, but he had. A relic around his neck, and I think it was a Solanus relic. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm almost. Mm. It looked about the same of the ones that we uh-huh. got. Yeah, from um, from the guild. Um, but anyways, um, the director for this project is going to be Abel Ferrara. Um, this gentleman is half Irish, half Italian. He was raised Catholic, but is now Buddhist. So hopefully he comes home. Um, and then uh, William Defoe. It's gonna be in the movie as well. So every time, every time I hear the the name Willem Dafoe, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. I, I was not gonna say it because like it's very silly, but <laughs> but it's funny. You, Thank you. So I I just have a quote uh, from from Shia, and he was saying we're trying to get as close to the accurate depiction of what's like to be a friar as possible, and try to get as close. To like the human tangible tactical relationship that this man had with Christ and bring the good news to the world. And I was like, that's yeah, pretty man. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a solid quote right there. And I mean, he's Jewish. He's half Jewish, yeah. half Catholic, I think. LaBeouf? Yeah. I thought he was I thought he was fully Jewish. I could be wrong. I think he's from a mixed mm. family. I mean, also like he has like some dicey things that he has done in the past you know chance for redemption right we're all, yeah. we're all sinners what are we talking about yeah but um but he he was like pretty weird there for a little bit he yeah, was but just like, like the roles that he was getting and he was always getting in trouble and he was always like i don't know i don't know if he was like into drugs or anything but he was just like a basket case he has done crazy things like yeah. for fury i think he got like a a tooth pulled out without anesthetics or whatever, Ooh. and um, he was like not showering for weeks to like. He's one of those. What like, do they call them? Method actors. Method actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting into it. Um, that like he's in the movie set like in character the whole time. You know? That's crazy. Uh, that is very crazy. Yeah. If I mean respectable, but you know, a little nuts. Hopefully, it's better than yeah. 
Let's be I mean, honest. That's completely absurd and I mean, nuts. You have to be. A <laughs> well, you're an, an actor, artist. right? You were an actor. I, in... I used to do. Uh, I dabbled in in theater. Yeah, quite a bit in Monterrey, and um, hopefully one day I will be able to embarrass my children doing community theater. Um, <laughs> but um, what I was going to say about um, the Padre Bio movie is that there is a movie, an Italian movie, that is like three and a mm. half hours long and Never i started watching it. it and i was like oh my goodness like intense. the acting is not bad yeah but you know there are several things that they took some liberties like if you if you can if you want to watch it it's on youtube you can google Isn't the it. one with harvey Keitel at the beginning i don't know the name of the actors but um it's they portray like very dramatic like yeah. other dying and mm-hmm. then uh um what's the name of the um the bishop that is doing like um, I have it here in my notes. Bishop Raffaele Rossi is like still like asking him questions because he doesn't believe that yeah. the stigma is real. All these things we're getting ahead of ourselves in that topic. But um, anyways, Father Pio, Miracle Man. Look it up if you want to um, watch that while waiting for the new one that is in, in the making. Hopefully, it's it's better than that one. Um, but anyway, kind of like mixing into getting into topic, um, we wanted to. There's so many things that we can talk about. Oh yeah, Father Pio, and um, I guess like one of the the way that we kind of structured this uh, episode is like, okay, let's talk about what happened before the stigmata, like some dates um, that are important in Father Pio's life. So. On May 25th, 1887, he was born as uh, Francesco Forgione in Pietrelcina, Italy. And um, apparently he had very poor health mm-hmm. throughout his life. Like even when he was um, when he was 15, he went to the novitiate, to the Capuchin Friars in 1902. And uh, he had to go back home because he was so sick um, that uh, the... I don't know, like the uh, vocations director in the monastery was like, just go home, get mm-hmm. better, and then you can come back. I uh, think he had like spiritual battles uh, since he was a kid, though, right? Yeah, they make it sound like that. Like yeah. he had always in the in the in the hour mm-hmm. of the movie that I watched, yeah. like there's like a rabid dog mm-hmm. chasing him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like he always had like this mystic, yeah, experience of uh, the devil attacking him. Which is bonkers too. Yeah, think it's of. no joke. It, I mean, and, and also like going into your vocation when you're 15, like you're not even in high school, right? When you're 15, um, he was already in the novitiate. And yeah. then he gets ordained a priest in 1910. So that was not very <laughs> long. He was like a very young uh, mm-hmm. priest. Very young priest. Um. He did get drafted during World War One, but because they discovered that he had tuberculosis, they were like, okay, you're discharged. And then um, in 1917, he gets assigned to the friary in San Giovanni Rotondo, which he pretty much stayed for the rest of his life. Um, and basically, he passed away there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to go there one day. Right? Mm-hmm. Gosh. When I went to World Youth Day in 2011, we went to Madrid, but we were in in Italy for a little bit. 
but man, I really wanted to go, but we couldn't, we couldn't go. But that would have been cool. Is that where his body is? Mm-hmm. And I think San Giovanni Rotondo is like southern, so, I believe Italy, so, something like that. Um, so like if you go to like the more common places like Rome, Assisi, mm-hmm. Milan, blah blah, blah you're talking like like the middle of the boot to the north. Uh, but you know, one day. Um, so then what happens in uh, on September twentieth, nineteen eighteen, um, after he was making his Thanksgiving after mass, he had this vision of Jesus, and when the vision ended, he he got the stigmata in in his hands, uh, feet, and and side. And I think there's like speculation that he also had like the wound of the, the back shoulder? of the shoulder yeah. back. Mm. There's nothing confirmed Mm-mm. about it, apparently. Um, from I thought what he I got read. the one on the side first, didn't he? Because um, he was hiding it for a while. Not sure about that. What I read, it was that he got all of them at the same time. Oh, wow. And um, it was basically not something that he requested. It was the, the vision of Jesus that he got was um, how Jesus was uh, weeping for priests that are not loyal to their mm-hmm. uh, vocation, vocation, their ministry. And Padre Pio was like, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus was like, I'm okay. going to, sh- I'm going to share my passion with you. Mm. And Padre Pio was like, okay, Alrighty. <laughs> bring, <laughs> you know, and, and I think he, from, from what I've seen, he becomes the first priest ever to, to receive the, Stigmata in the, in the history of the Catholic Church. That I didn't know. Yeah. Some people think that St. Francis is the first priest to get the stigmata, but he never got ordained. Oh, okay. So the first priest. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. I don't know if there's a second mm. priest that has got, I think maybe he's the only one. Um, but then all of these things happen because a lot of curious people and tourists started going to San Giovanni Rotondo trying to like. Take a look at him. And that's why he started wearing the gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, it became like a spectacle, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because between 1924, so he was attracting so many people that between 1924 and 1931, every, I guess the Vatican was like doing their due diligence to like make sure that it was authentic. Uh, he was being questioned. Um, he was not permitted to celebrate mass publicly publicly or hear confessions all right um so all of those things like really affected him um to the point where he stopped writing completely mm-hmm. which was insane like there, there's like a pamphlet about the passion of christ was like one of the last things that he wrote um and not even letters like he has some letters to his um uh, spiritual directors but that's about it um but even though he was not uh, allowed to do these things, there would still be like busloads of people coming in. And like his normal day would look like, say mass at 5 a.m. in the morning, hear confessions until noon, take a break to bless the sick and all who came to see him. And then afternoon confessions. And then um, that was about it. Like he was 10 hours of a day that's crazy in the confessional yeah. Yeah. um 
that they had to take a number. Like, I imagine, like, you go to the deli, but you like, you know, you go to Padre Pio to confess your sins. Um, and, uh, and, and a lot of the people, it was crazy. Like, I think he, he had the gift of like reading souls because yeah. mm -hmm. they would, he, he would tell them things about their lives mm -hmm. that they have never mentioned. Or he would be like, are you forgetting something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, are you holding something back yeah, from the Lord? Right. Mm -hmm. He would say that. I mm -hmm. think that it would be like one of the, the experiences that I had with priests in Mexico as a kid that I'm uh, sacerdotes regañones, you know? <laughs> like they would scold you. It's like, why do you, why are you doing I, that? I don't know. For some reason, I don't picture Padre Pio as like this scorn, scornful. How, no, how do you even say it? Like this. Yeah, he wasn't a grouch. No, like he, he could, like you a, could tell that he was. loving patient kind yeah that like he'd be like are you forgetting something mm -hmm. like oh crap i am but he not not like prompting in a you. way yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah i feel like he was just very very nurturing very i don't know just very sweet you know i i, th I think i'm with very you on loving. that because you know he had this enormous amount of pain that he carried on a daily basis mm -hmm. and from everything that i've read he's He, he always did it very, very humbly and very um, patiently. You know, for somebody to carry like that, I don't think he would like lash out at some other part That's in his life. Point. But who knows? You know? What is that saying? The two priests like be a lion in the pulpit and a lamb in the confessional. Mm -hmm, there you go. Um, speaking of the movie, like the one third of the movie that I watched, because he also had the gift of by location, mm -hmm. um, which like if, You could have any superpower. Like I would like by location, you know. Um, they um, they show this scene where he's like praying for a woman that is very sick, mm -hmm. and um, he has like this battle with the devil, and that's another one of the things that he did throughout his life, just wrestling demons. Because why not sparring with the devil? You know, they're like every all of the other uh, friars are like. This cannot go on. Like, you need to do something <laughs> because he's making a lot of noise and we cannot sleep. You know? He just Whatever. wrestles with the devil constantly. All, all night. Are long. we to pray? Are we so <laughs> inconsiderate. Can you wrestle with the devil quietly, please? Can you put him in the east wing? <laughs> Thank you. So he's, he, he's wrestling with the devil, praying for this woman, right? And the next day he goes and visits the woman. And and the woman is like, oh, you were here with me last night, praying mm. with me. Mm. I was like, oh, they're they're being alluding, to, you know. Dude, there's so many stories of him bilocating. Yeah. Do you know there's, anyone? There's another one where that I've heard. The war, right? Uh huh. The one in the war that he. Wait, which one is that? I think I've heard it, but I don't remember the details. I don't know what war it was. Had to be World War Two. Mm -hmm. Probably that one. But he appeared to. There was several reports that many soldiers saw this, what looked like a monk. Mm. In this town, uh -huh. like in an Italian town. Mm -hmm. wow. But he was confirmed to be in the monastery at that time. Mm -hmm. I, don't he, I don't think he traveled. No, he didn't. No. Especially because of his ailments, he, he mm -hmm. just yeah, couldn't. Yeah. Um, and, and again, the Vatican was kind of like keeping him under wraps because he got so much notoriety. Mm -hmm. But that's how people became aware of him because he got so much notoriety. It's not like they had like Facebook back then. Mm -hmm. So like word traveled like fast, even, even by those times standard. Right. 
and and yeah so they there's several accounts that yeah men soldiers saw him at this town a monk huh. and with his description when he was confirmed to That's be at crazy. the monastery i heard too that his uh habit would normally be like um ripped because people would try to like cut yeah. pieces of his habit crazy as souvenirs did did you know that he had rosary beads embedded into his cuffs? Yeah, I think you told me that. And he would literally all he did all day mm -hmm. while hearing confessions, while walking everywhere, he would just be praying a rosary. Mm -hmm. So God knows how many rosaries he pr he prayed a day, every day. They say that like this That's... book that I have of him, it says that he would pray all fifteen mysteries thirty five times a day. That's insane. Literally. He he wouldn't stop praying the rosary all day long. Nice. Um, some of us can't even. Segundo misterio gozoso, ¿no? Bola grande, bola chica, bola chica. How do you say? I know. Bola grande, bola chica, bola chica, bola chica, bola chica, bola chica. I mean, he's not Irish, so he would probably like like the the level of mental prayer. Uh, you know, it's like hashtag goals. He also levitated, right? Did he? Mm hmm. I did not know that part. Yeah, there's reports that he also levitated. That I knew of uh, Saint Jose of Cupertino. Mm -hmm. But there was one. Uh, there's reports that he was saying mass and during the consecration when he was lifting the hose that he was levitating. Dang. And then there's reports right. that sometimes he would, when he would raise the host, he would keep it up there for like 10, 15 minutes at a time, just staring at our Lord. Wow. Insane. And, and there's videos. Actually, you can go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's one. That he starts like sobbing. Yeah, he starts like crying. It's crazy. Yeah, and you think of it, it like this is a man that was born. I mean, he was doing that. He was born in 1887, but he was doing ministry in the 1940s, 1950s. Like he died 1968, like around the time that our parents. Were He's born. a modern saint, right? Um, so. It, what Gustavo was saying that he got so much notoriety and, and you know, kind of like people were like going to see more out of like um, spectacle more than faith or maybe a mixture of both. But um, there was a specific figure in the Vatican, uh, Bishop Rafael Rossi, um, who was in charge of like the whole investigation to see um, that the wounds were not created with like carbolic acid or something like that mm -hmm. that was fabricated by Padre Pio himself. But apparently um, they were like perfect circles. Mm -hmm. Like they would not close or, but, but they were also not like festering. They wouldn't, they, they, they had they like a, um, a sweet fragrance of yeah. violets. Mm -hmm. Just like insane to think. Um, because normally when you have like a wound or, or something, um, you, you're going to have like this, uh, the tissue necrosis, like, or infectious and it's, yeah. like, it's rotten meat, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, it's a foul it's stench. Yeah. Eventually it gets infected because if it doesn't heal, right. it just gets infected. Um, and so I, I have a, a cool quote from this little book, um, which again, kind of like backs up what we were saying about him being very mild manner and, and actually very sweet. Mm -hmm. He says that um, he was never known to complain of the obvious acute suffering of these wounds, but once when asked if they um, were painful, he jokingly remarked, 
Do you think the Lord gave them to me for a decoration? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dang. That's awesome. That's awesome. He says that the wounds on his hand, uh, on his hands kept him from the ability to close them. So he couldn't close his hands. And he was only able to go up and down the stairs walking backwards because of he couldn't, couldn't uh, flex his foot. Oh, because he had the stigmata on his feet as well. Mm -hmm. So no. he, he can only climb stairs going backwards, backwards. because he wouldn't he wouldn't need to flex his foot his essentially. Uh -huh. So he pretty much had them from 1918 when he got them all the way until yeah, like That's crazy, that was like man. 50 years. 50 Actually, years. Uh, today that we are recording this episode um, is uh, the anniversary, September 20th, mm -hmm. the anniversary of uh, Padre Pio getting his stigmata. That's so crazy. Wow. See. And uh, his feast day is September 23rd. You know, we're releasing this. Oh, that's the day we baptized Pia. <laughs> it's crazy because they that's said. Right. It, it says that other than the stigmata, you know, after that, being that he was a very sickly kid, after the, after the stigmata, he was pretty good in health, actually. Mm. You know, his days, his daily routine consisted in rising at 3.30, saying mass at 5, like you mentioned. and And he would retire to his cell for a personal prayer of Thanksgiving and having his only meal at noon. So that was another thing, like, mm -hmm. you know, intermittent fasting. There you go. He's <laughs> a pioneer in several fronts. <laughs> That's funny. I still need to read the book that Caro got me to love fasting. Oh, yeah. We'll probably make a, a good episode for that one. Mm -hmm. Um. On top of all of those things that we talked about, Padre Pio, he was, uh, you know, on top of his love for uh, for Jesus in the Eucharist and for our Blessed Mother, um, he saw the face of Jesus in all of the sick and the suffering. And one of the biggest projects that, that he undertook um, was the, uh, the building of a hospital uh, nearby Mount Gargano. I think that's the mm. Pronunciation, and so he had this idea in like 1940. They started to collect money. They broke ground in 1946, and then um, apparently it was like very difficult to build a hospital where they were because of the terrain. So it was kind of like a technical wonder um, just to like get water um, and hauling all of the building supplies. And so it eventually was finished. And um, it, got, it was called the House for the Alleviation of Suffering. It has uh, 350 beds. Not sure if it is still operating right now. I'm pretty sure that um, it's probably still part of like his legacy that he left. On, I mean, on top of being a saint. Um, but like he considered that like his, his work, his, uh, his project. Um, there's another cool uh, anecdote that I found. Uh, that has JP2 uh, and Padre Pio at the same time together, which is like kind of crazy to, to think that uh, John Paul II, at that point in time, he was uh, Archbishop of Poland. Um, he wrote to Padre Pio and asked him to pray for a Polish woman uh, with throat cancer. And within two weeks, uh, this woman had been cured of the life threatening disease. Wow. Um, and I think there was also like um, John Paul II 
once he was John Paul II. I think this was when he was Carl Wojtyla. But um, once he was Pope, he also went to... No, wait, that doesn't make sense because he was he died in 1968. But I don't remember if they met in person. He, he might have gone to him for confession or something. I think in that movie that you're watching, because I've, I've seen that movie, mm -hmm. there's a scene where it's like a young JP2. Hmm. But I don't. I mean, I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know if they actually mm -hmm. did meet, but in that movie they do meet. Yeah, movies don't lie, guys. I know movies don't lie. Never, never <laughs> met a movie that lied to me. <laughs> I feel like we've been like introducing a lot of a lot more movies. Uh, so we're gonna start the Varvatu Cine Club. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, th um, cut to 1968, September 23rd. Um he he dies um because of his frail health and uh over one hundred thousand mourners attended his funeral. Like it was insane to to think about that. Um and all because of these um accounts of miracles that happened through his intercession and his prayers. Um And and then after his death, uh, in 1978, the process for his beatification began. And and then after that, it, it moved. I don't know if it, this is like fast for like Vatican standards, but by 1997, he was declared venerable by John Paul II. And then in 2002... He was made. Uh, he was elevated to the altars, basically, and made mm. Saint Father Pio. Um, so, fairly recent saint of the Catholic Church. Not even 20 years that he has been a saint. Um, but um, I think that it's been one of the the first uh, saints that I have been like attracted to in terms of like. Um, I started hearing about him because of like. Um, you can become like his spiritual child. Mm -hmm. um, it was a thing that he was doing when he was alive that um, he would ask people to do, I think it was three things. It was go to confession every week, go to mass every week, and say the rosary probably. Um, and then you would be assured of his Of his prayers. Let me look that up. You gotta pray the rosary 35 times a day. 31? <laughs> no biggie. Um, no biggie. We we have this tradition at, at home that we pick a saint um on Oh, no saints, right? On all saints. Um that accompany that saint accompanies us through the year. And Frida loves Padre Pio. It's like maybe her top two, top three favorite saints. And, um, but it's funny because as much as he loves him, he, he, she couldn't, um, pronounce his name properly up until recently. She called him Saint Parde Pio. <laughs> <laughs> We always Parde teased Pio. her for that Parde Pio. <laughs> Now she's got it down, but it was only up until like last year that she mm. kind of like fi fi finally, uh, got, got around to saying that. So nice. Um, And then he has like one of the the coolest quotes that I've heard from a saint is like, pray, hope, and don't worry. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. Yeah. As bad as it gets, pray, hope, and don't worry. 
Um, I cannot, for the life of me, find what it is that um, you are to do. Spiritual children, one second. So the, no. the other thing that really, I mean, because, I mean, we've talked about the Barbatu's name and that Padre Pio with with uh, Maximilian Colby was in the running to be kind of like the patent saint mm -hmm. for the podcast, right? Yes. Um, but one thing that really resembles Solanus is the the obedience. Mm -hmm. I, I, I saw a father, uh, a father Mike Schmidt do a video of, of Padre Pio and saying, you know, um, the, the secret recipe for Padre Pio's sainthood is um, humility and obedience. Mm. And because he was like not permitted to preach, you know, and or write, mm -hmm. um, which again, the Lord knows why he does, why he does the things he does, right? But can you imagine all the treasures that Padre Pio could have given us in those 50 years or I, I don't know how many, how many years he was not permitted to, but he did it without complaining. You know, he was like, okay, these are my orders from my superiors. I will trust it and, and that it comes from God. And he did it without complaining. Same as Solanas, you know, as we've talked about Solanas on the podcast, he was like given the most menial jobs and he was always like doing them joyfully. You know, and I think that's something that kind of like can apply a little bit to today is like we, we maybe aren't like that as much. Yeah, I mean, the, that like, knows we have like a lot of things to complain about. I complain mm -hmm. all well, day long. True, so. like that's very easy to do. Um, but to your point, yeah, like the last forty-four years mm -hmm. of his life, he didn't create any writings. You mm -hmm. know? Um. So, do you have any other Padre Pio experiences, personal experiences? Um, I, you know, I've always had. Uh, a great devotion in Padre Pio. Um, I, I think mean, I, Pia. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I named my daughter after after him. Um, <clears throat> but I, I started to learn more about him when I was on net. Again, here I go about net. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> one, of my, one of my teammates, uh, Kevin, he was actually in, in my wedding. Uh, he's from Modesto, same hometown as, uh, as Deanna. And uh, he, was, he had a huge devotion to Padre Pio. So he's kind of the one that introduced me I had heard about Padre Pio before, but he's the one that, you know, told me stories and then he had a book and I read the book as well. And man, I just, his Padre Pio story is just so cool and everything that he endured that, and then he had an epic beard. With that so, too. Yeah. yeah. There's that. And when I, when we named her Pia, I have a friend who has a daughter named Pia as well. And we used to work together and they weren't telling her name they weren't telling anyone her name and one day we had like a little meeting and she had her notebook open and it was a calendar and it said uh pia's due date and then i like i saw it and she like closed it she's like did you see i was like no yes <laughs> and from then on i was like oh i didn't know like pia could be like a girl name um and then when we had pia i prayed about it and me and i yelly prayed about it and we yeah we named her Pia after Padre nice. Pio because nice. he's the man. Um, when Diana and I were in our honeymoon in uh, in Rome, we went to 
the Pantheon or Piazza Navona. Or we were, it was getting late and we were going back to our hotel and we got lost on the way back. Um, but for some reason, like, you know, in, in, in Rome, there's like churches in every corner and it was like a good getting lost because we bumped into this little church and mass was just ending and um we get in and for whatever reason like i was able to like communicate with like an italian nonna uh after mass it was just like talking about what was what's the name of the church and all this i don't even remember the name of the church but she's like padre pio to one of the side altars of the of the church and then they are like two gloves that he used to oh, wear. Oh no. Like I got to see um his gloves in there. And um and then the first time that I was doing Exodus 90, um Father Klein was the um the chaplain for mm -hmm. our platoon. And one time I got to go to daily mass in the private chapel of the rectory. And he has a collection of relics of all of these saints that are fantastic. And he has a Padre Pio relic in his possession. So I was able to touch my rosary mm. to this second class relic of St. Padre Pio. So in a way, my rosary is a third class relic. Mm. You know. You um, mean the rosary that you just lost? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> it's like, wait, so I stole minute. it. <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, th there's so many things that can be said about uh, Padre Pio, but, you know, like Gustavo said, like a lot of the things that, um, and I, and this goes for like the whole uh, communion of saints, right? We, we're always uh, trying to find saints who in, are inviting us to friendship. Um, and if you are listening about Padre Pio for the first time, And um, this is someone that you think, oh, this is an interesting saint that I can have as an intercessor, as a friend in heaven. Uh, read about him, pray to him, have him um, as an intercessor, uh, as a friend. Um, I'm pretty sure that you won't be disappointed. Um, so, yeah. Do you ever imagine like being in heaven? And I mean, I know that there's going to be oodles of people just like lined up waiting to just speak to their favorite saint. You know what I, I mean? Know, right? Like, and, and you're just like, okay, I'm, it's like going to Disneyland. First, I'm going to hit like Padre Pio and then I'm going to go over <laughs> to St. Thomas More. But I got to fit like St. Edith Stein in between them. The line know? for the little flower is like exactly. two miles long. <laughs> I have a quick pass for the little flower because Can of, of those rosaries pass. or whatever. A, If a you pass. have a child named after that saint, you should have a fast pass. That that's a Ooh, good thing. That's a good one. I think that's well, we we gotta make rule. that a thing. Mm -hmm. That should be a rule. But have you guys have you guys ever imagined that? I mean, going and and because we know about the saints and we learn about him here on earth and you know, but who who's the one that you just want to like? I just gotta hear it from you. What was it like? I have one, Maximilian Kolb. There you go. That's my guy, Mama Mary. Yeah. It's like, hey, thanks. 
you know, it's, it's like the thing is, uh, I was thinking about it, um, that we try to pray the rosary every single night as a family. I mean, sometimes Diana prays the rosary with the boys, and, and I, I pray the rosary with Lucia and Mateo while I'm trying to get them to sleep. But I think that unintentionally throughout the year, we pray like, and this is going to sound like a humble brag, so please excuse me. Like we, we pray several 54-day rosary novenas, mm -hmm. you know, uh, without even intending to do that. Um, so in a way, it's like it's not 35 rosaries mm -hmm. a day, but, you know, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely. Wait, which one's yours? Uh, oh, I mean, right. there's so many of them, but I honestly, I just want to ask St. Lawrence if he actually said that. Dude, yes. like, really, please walk me through it. I know, like, <laughs> come on, did you, did you really say that? Jeez, that's, that, I want that to be my costume for this year. <laughs> one so of, I don't, like, scare kids. One of the uh, working uh, names for this project was, like, Proyecto San Lorenzo. Oh, Yeah. I had it in my mind. I've always wanted to have like something named after St. Lawrence because he's a patron saint of the comedians, right? Um, so that would be like, maybe we need to explore that or something yeah, in Spanish. Um, great. But in the meantime, while we wait for uh, the creative juices to flow, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Barbatos Catholic Podcast, a show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the podcast and want to help us out there, there are several things that you can do. You can subscribe, rate, and review an Apple podcast. Subscribe, like, and turn notifications on on YouTube. Share the podcast with your friends and family. And if you really like the podcast, you can you can buy us coffee, uh, literally. Uh, go to buymeacoffee.com slash barbatus in order to caffeinate us. We drink coffee most times that we are recording. So if you buy us a coffee, you automatically get a shout out in one of our episodes. So um, today, uh, we just get our own shout out because we're <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's because people haven't heard that one. That's, a yeah, that's right. It hasn't aired right now. But the time that this comes out, it'll be like the second time that we do this yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. We are on Instagram, Edward Bartos Catholic Podcast. You can email us at hello at Podcast.com. And on the web, we are at Podcast.com, where you will find the show notes for this episode and more. Saint Padre Pio, pray, pray for, for us. us. Until the next time.